0: Two disciples of Jesus, that same day, the first day of the Sabbath, were making their way to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, discussing as they went all that had happened. In the course of their lively exchange, Jesus approached and began to walk along with them. However, they were restrained from recognizing him. He said to them, What are you discussing as you go on your way? And they halted in distress, and one of them, Cleopas by name, Asked him, are you the only resident of Jerusalem who does not know the things that went on there these past few days? And he said to them, what things? And they said, all those that had had to do with Jesus of Nazareth, a prophet powerful in word and deed in the eyes of God and all the people. How their chief priests and leaders delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. We were hoping that he was the one who would set Israel free. Besides all this, today, the third day since things happened, some women of our group have just brought us some astonishing news. They were at the tomb before dawn and failed to find his body, but returned with the tale that they they had seen a vision of angels who declared that he was alive. Some of our members went to the tomb and found it to be just as the women said, but him they did not see. Then he said, What little sense you have! How slow are you to believe all that the prophets have announced! Did not not the Messiah have to undergo all this so as to enter into his glory? Beginning then with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them every passage of scripture which referred to him. By now they were near the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going further. But they pressed him, Stay with us, it is near evening. The day is practically over, so he went and stayed with them. And when he had seated himself with them to eat, he took bread, pronounced the blessing, then broke the bread and began giving it out to them. With that their eyes were opened and they recognized him, whereupon he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were not our hearts burning inside us as we talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They got up immediately and returned to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and the rest of the company assembling. Assembled, they were greeted. They were greeted with, "The Lord has been raised. It is true. He has appeared to Simon." Then they recounted what had happened on the road and how they had come to know him in the breaking of the bread. And this is the gospel of the Christ. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. It only took three days. Three days. they were greeted with, the Lord has been raised, it's true, he has appeared to Simon. Three days. That's all it took. From Mary Magdalene to Simon. And that began the patriarchal structure of what we have now as as, uh, our faith. Three days. That's all. Can you imagine Losing someone that you were very close to. The implication, the implied senses that these people that were on their way to Emmaus was probably following Jesus for some time and were with him and knew him and um, befriended him. Can you imagine losing... Someone that you know very closely, someone you admire, someone who has been with you for the last couple of years. Um, you've had dinner with them, you've slept with them, you've traveled with them, um, and all of a sudden they're gone. Gone brutally, gone. And a couple of days later, you decide okay, I'm going to go to Emmaus or go to, I don't know, Seligman. And you're driving along I-40. And all of a sudden, this person appears in, in your passenger seat. And you don't recognize the person, but there's something intriguing about that. So you have this conversation. Do you know what happened back in Kingman? Do you know what happened? This is what happened. And, and you know we don't know what to do about it. So we're going to go to Seligman. And this person tells a story of connection that you resonate with and you're just in awe. You're just in awe. Imagine yourself being in awe and wonderment. And then you you stop in Sligman and they're going to go on. He said, stay, stay with us. And so you're sitting down at dinner And the person does something that is so significant as Jesus breaking the bread at the Last Supper. And then Jesus breaking bread once again at that Supper. And all of a sudden, my God, I know this person. Well, the awe dissipates immediately, right? And you're right back into ordinary reality and poof, they're gone. If anybody has ever seen a ghost, and you can see them out of the corner of your eye sometimes, and then as soon as you recognize that you've seen a ghost, they're gone. Has anybody ever experienced that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what these people experienced. They were brought into a a liminal place and space where everything is possible. Even the appearance of a man who had just a few days prior to that been condemned and hung on a cross and died brutally. And a few days later, he's hiking down the road to Emmaus. That's an invitation to us to learn and practice being in awe. Being in awe of creation. Being in awe of our Savior. Being in awe of those people who are in our lives and, and for some way or reason or, or whatever, they just expand greater than we understand them to be. They're, the practice of being in awe is a connection to the other, is a connection to the divine, is a connection to more than just what I call 3D. And so what these what these disciples were able to experience was the physical presence of Jesus because they were in awe of that experience. They were in awe of the possibility that this man may still exist. Contrary to everything they have been taught, everything 3D teaches them about being firmly grounded in 3D, right? But they were in awe. Can you imagine the disciples being with him, disciples and friends being with him for those three years, and just listening to what comes out of his heart and his mouth and being in awe no wonder they could see him when he came to visit them even though they were afraid and locking themselves away in a safe place (coughs) that awesomeness of the experience of God connects us to that experience of God deeper than what we can ever experience just in 3D one good example of, of how that can work is with the super bloom that we're experiencing here in, in the Southwest. With the incredible beauty of life in the desert and in the high places. And when when I see those pictures, I am in awe of that. I went out to collect... Uh, seed pods from the poppies, because I want to spread them around our place to see, maybe they'll grow, you know. And every single poppy I encountered and thanked for letting me have a seed pod, I I was able to experience that awe, because I could go from that one poppy, that one encounter, and look up, and all of the field was this golden yellow, with poppies, and I was in awe, and then when I read this gospel, I thought, this is what awe is all about, awe and wonder, allowing our spirits to be surprised, allowing our spirits to be moved beyond what we typically think we know and understand, if there's anything that comes out of the story of the road to Emmaus, it's that we have the capacity, all of us, we have the capacity to be in awe. To be in awe. So foster that. It's an invitation, foster that. When you go outside and look at the mountain, it's like, oh. You know. When you go and look at the, the plants that you've planted in your, in your yard, and see how they're just growing, or the plants that you haven't planted in your yard, but they're growing anyway, you know. Foster that foster that capacity that we all have for awe and awesomeness, okay? Any thoughts?